I'm Shadi Sharif, and this is Cyborg. I want to give a trigger warning that in this episode, we will be discussing the death penalty, sexual violence, and murder. For the past two months, the Iranian people have been in the midst of a revolution against the Islamic regime. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking with my good friend Yas Nuri to discuss that very movement and how the Western media has attempted to influence the revolution. So Yas, welcome to Cyborg. Thank you, Shadi, for having me on the show. I am grateful and honored to be able to have this platform to talk about the situation in Iran right now. So thank you. I'm so honored to have you on the show. And I think one of the big reasons I wanted to talk with you about the situation in Iran is an interesting aspect of our personal identities. So both Yas and I are children of Iranians, but we were raised in America. And on top of that, we've never had the privilege of going to Iran. And I think many assume that those part of the diaspora, which is a fancy word for saying any people who've been dispersed from their homeland, so like me and Yas, they believe people part of the diaspora don't care about what's happening in Iran. And this is actually a really big narrative that's been promoted to as a way to discourage those in Iran from coming out and revolting, as a way to say, oh, those people, they don't care about you. We care about you. You should listen to us. So I want to first dive into why do you care about what's happening in Iran and why have you decided to be an activist for this revolution and use your voice to amplify the voices in Iran. The reason why I care so much about what is going on in Iran is because my parents always talked about the Iran that they grew up in. And obviously it's very different now. People are living in um, strong oppression and it's not the same. I want to be able to visit the Iran that my parents grew up in. And I want to help my people. I want them to have freedom. I want them to find peace. And it's my obligation, it's my duty as an Iranian to speak up for those who don't have a voice right now. I feel the same way. And growing up, my first language was Farsi. My parents taught me about our culture, our traditions. I read poetry, listened to the music, and it was my first love. And I think one really big mistake that this regime makes is they think that people in the diaspora don't care. But really, we love our culture. And one of the reasons that I feel so motivated to be part of this movement is because in a way this regime also denied me a right to my country and I'm so privileged to have been born here and to have grown up here but I do feel a sense of loss and a sense that something was taken away from me and I think a lot of people in the diaspora also feel that way too and that's why we are so motivated to support the people in Iran. 
So I think it's important for people who might not be too familiar with the reality of the situation in Iran for us to describe a little bit about what it's like to live in Iran on a day-to-day basis. So I think anyone in the West, it's really hard to imagine the level of dictatorship and oppression people experience every day, but I'm going to just try to list a couple of things that are just everyday requirements for survival. So living in Iran, all aspects of your life are controlled. From the age of six, girls have to cover their hair and their bodies to be able to go to school. Girls and boys are not allowed to play together. As adults, a woman and a man are not allowed to walk together unless they are married or it is your father. You, as a woman, you're not allowed to ride a bike. You're not allowed to sing. You're not allowed to dance. You are never allowed to be a judge or to be the president. In a court of law, your word is literally considered half a man's. A woman doesn't have the right to divorce, and if a man chooses to divorce her, she has no right to money or the kids. They all go to the man. And then the brutality that people face if anyone retaliates against these ideology is horrific because in their law, they view and categorize any form of dissent as a war against God. And because they believe that, they justify the most severe repercussions, which include imprisonment, torture, rape, and murder. So I think many people by now have heard of the name Masa Amini. But for those who haven't, Yas, I think it'd be helpful if you describe who she was and why that was such an important moment for Iranians. So Masa Amini was a Iranian Kurdish young woman um, who was brutally murdered for having her uh, a few strands of her hair out of her hijab. And when the news first came out and I saw her picture in the hospital, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was just speechless. I was like, how can these people be so cruel to do this and lie about it? They lied about it. They said that she had a health condition. And and I was like, okay, cut the, <laughs> cut the crap. Uh, we all know what you did to her. And I started reading the comments of one of the posts and that's when I saw the anger and the frustration that everyone had built up for the last 40 years. And I knew this is going to like outrage people and get this going. And I feel like this was just another powder cake moment. Exactly. And this time, what's different about it is the people behind the protest, they're young they're ambitious, they're brave, and they want freedom. They're hungry for freedom, and they're going to get it. And I think you're bringing up such an important point in that the younger generation, this Gen Z, are who are driving this revolution. They're the ones who are in the streets, they're chanting in their schools, and they're the ones putting pressure on the government and the world to listen to them. Because this generation was born 
under this regime and they haven't been able to live a single day of freedom. So our job is just to amplify their voice because the goal of this regime is to one, cut off the internet and two, to keep the information from leaving Iran. They don't want the rest of the world to know what's really happening in that country. And they know that if the world understands what's happening, everyone will be outraged and they don't want that to happen. And that's why the biggest thing that we can do to help this revolution is to continue to share what people in Iran are directly sending and telling us. Absolutely. And I, I want to ask you this. How do you use social media to advocate for Iran? Of course. So both of us and so many of my friends and people who aren't even Iranian are posting about the situation in Iran and they're sharing the videos and the images that are coming directly from Iran, which I think is so important to do because the only voice that matters here is the voice of the Iranian people, not other people from Western countries, Western journalists who want to come in and put their spin on what's going on in Iran. The only voice that matters is Iranians. And I think another point that I would really want to touch on is a lot of people have been saying that posting on social media doesn't really work. It's just clout chasing. It's just virtue signaling. But that is so far from the truth. There is a lawyer. Her name is Elika Laban on Instagram, and she shares amazing content about the situation in Iran. And she had this great video describing why that idea is the hallmark of Western privilege because the issues that people in the West face doesn't have the urgency that our issues have. And the issues in the West, people are able to make effective changes on the groundwork and they don't necessarily need social media to make it happen. But that isn't the reality of people in Iran and that's why it has a huge impact when we share because we are amplifying the voices of people who are trying to be silenced by this regime and also by outside powers oh for sure i think that social media has the biggest impact on everything going on in the world and (laughs) if you just want to post to be a cloud chaser or just (laughs) virtue signal do it for us it doesn't matter where your intention is coming from for posting it posting it is what matters and what really helps us i agree with you Um, It's also important for people to know that no one's going to judge you if you start posting now. It's never too late. Mm -hmm. It's never too late. And no one's going to look down on you for speaking up now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's This is supposed to be a symbol of coming together. Exactly. And I think we need to discuss the viral post that went around this week, which stated that 15,000 people in Iran have been sentenced to execution. And Meta, Instagram took the post down, and Western media has been saying that this post was fake news and misinformation, and this post was a way to encourage Western imperialism and to basically start a war with Iran. And I want to make a few things very clear. First, Iranians don't want the U.S. to engage in any type of military advancement against Iran. They simply want the U.S. to stop negotiating with this terrorist regime. 
No one wants a nuclear deal and no one wants sanctions removed. Second of all, it is a fact that over 15,000 people have been arrested for peacefully protesting and the average age of those protesters are 15 years old. And it is a fact that the parliament voted that these protesters should be executed. The only nuance is that those specific sentences haven't been carried out yet. And that is why the Western media is claiming all of this information is fake news. What makes me so angry is that over two months ago when everything started and people started speaking up, these news outlets were silent. They were silent. And I could feel that the Iranians were so frustrated with this issue. When we were begging these news outlets to post about what's been going on, about the murder of Masa Amini, there were some celebrities and influencers that spoke up, but we needed the news outlets. And it's just so weird to me that suddenly um, they are posting about misinformation, like you said. Um, and although they haven't gone through with the 15,000 executions, they will. They're going to. And the critical part is that this regime has done it before. In the summer of 1988, the Islamic regime executed up to 30,000 political prisoners. And they had so many people to execute that they would hang people in groups of six from cranes in half-hour intervals. I know that is so absolutely horrifying and unfathomable, and it is a scene from The Handmaid's Tale, but this is the reality of living in Iran. So when the parliament votes to execute 15,000 people, it's a real threat. And so the question to ask is, why, when the media has been so quiet on the situation in Iran, are they suddenly writing headlines about misinformation? Why this and why now? I think that something's in for them that they're doing this. I just want to know who's behind this. How are they benefiting? I'm sure that they are making some sort of profit off of this and it's just totally inhumane. And the Western media really was attempting to cause confusion, doubt, and discouragement in people. But I believe their attempt completely failed because I actually think they intensified people's outrage and drive for this revolution. I have seen people post double what they have been in the past day since this claim. And I see this as the single greatest signal of hope for this revolution. Both the Islamic regime and the Western media know that this revolution is inevitable, and this was their last-ditch effort to stop it. But it didn't work. And so I want to give a huge thank you to NBC, the New York Times, and Meta for their failed attempt, which is going to result in the end of the Islamic regime. Beautifully said, Shadi. And we need to continue doing this. Um, you and I have been going to the Capitol every single week to protest. Some people think that the protest doesn't do anything, but it shows unity and it shows support and it just shows 
we're all in this together. And it's very, very important that we show the world we are one. Exactly. And there's just so much pride in knowing that we are going to be part of the first ever woman-led revolution that liberated people of our country. And I just want to urge anyone who's on the fence about whether they should protest, whether they should post, that this is something to be proud of. And this is something that you get to tell your children and your grandchildren that you were part of this movement and you helped liberate a group of people. And on top of that, going to the protests every week, I live in Denver, Colorado, but there are protests in all over the U.S., but not just the U.S., all over the world. There's actually a great Instagram you can follow to find out where the protests are happening in your city. If you look up PS752Justice, they post every week on where the protest is happening all around the world, what time, where everyone's meeting. And I would urge you to go to one and it's a really beautiful experience because you get to be connected with people who you didn't even know lived in your own city, in your own town, maybe even on your own street. And we've made so many new friends by going to these protests. Even just last week, Yas and I made a bunch of new friends and we went out together afterwards. Totally shoddy. And like you said, uh... I'm going to call it the protest group, went out last week and we bonded, we had a good time and we felt like a sense of belonging. And I guess a lot of Iranians that were born here or um, they came here at a young age don't have a sense of belonging in their community because of all the confusion. They don't know what culture to go off of, you know? And I really want to inspire people to get out there. Me too. And I just want to end this episode with a beautiful chant that the people in Iran have been saying. And I think it so perfectly encapsulates what we believe and what we know in our core that this revolution is happening, it's unstoppable, and it will be triumphant. So, Natarsin, Natarsin, Ma Hameba Hamasim. Natarsin, Natarsin, Ma Hameba Hamastim, which translates to Don't be scared, don't be scared, we're all in this together. Intro music was written by Optan Akrami. And if you're interested in staying connected with the news coming out of Iran, a few great Instagram pages to follow include 1500 Tasvir, Masi Ali Nejad, and Golshifte Farahani.